Hi there. Podcast number four. Yeah, podcast number four. We're working remotely. Yep. So we're trying to do this on Skype. So hopefully the the volume and sound isn't too bad. How uh, how long has it been since our last podcast? I think I think it's been about three weeks. Okay. Give or take. Okay. Three or four weeks. It's been a it's been a wee while. Definitely been a wee while. So we'll need to try and find our mojo again. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Our funniness over our funniness. the over the airwaves. The big uh, advantage doing it this way though is that I don't have to drive all the way over to your house all the time. That is an advantage, yeah. Although I, I would I would have liked to be able to set up the microphone and all that setup, but that's just not happening, is it? No. Anyway. What should we be talking about today? One thing that's on everybody's mind, I guess. Lockdown. Lockdown. Coronavirus. Yep. And we're all, um, I guess, having to deal with a very new way of living right now. 5G. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Where the hell did that one come from? Five 5G has caused coronavirus. What? I actually looked up a bit about this the other day and it was talking about, well, it's two things. It first of all said that 5G weakens your immune system so that you are then more susceptible to coronavirus mm-hmm. or 5G spreads coronavirus, right? <laughs> now, I'm not even going to bother to try and explain that 5G spreads coronavirus because it's just so fucking ridiculous, right? <laughs> but the whole week in the immune system, 5G is actually, it was it was talking about the kind of spectrum of strength of, of signal that you get from 5G versus like X-ray, gamma radiation, uh-huh. UV rays. And it's like so far down on the spectrum. It's like actually it's it's less... If it weakens your immune system, then so does going out for a walk in the sun. It's so ludicrous. Anyway, yeah, we need to talk today about lockdown and the big changes that that has made to our lives and what, I guess, what it's done for our fitness, our goals. And yeah, the last time we talked about sleep, I think, didn't we? Sleep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sleep. And so I'm interested to hear how your sleep's been going, particularly mm-hmm. when you've been housebound so much. Yep. But I think in the first instance, as we maybe have a tendency to do nowadays, we should check our facts. Check can you hear facts. my chair speaking? I hear can you hear that? Chair speaking, yeah. Soaking yeah. everyone. Soaking yeah, sorry. everyone. Sorry. <laughs> see, <laughs> well, the thing is, let's just set the scene a little bit because obviously people won't see this. But um, you're sitting in your plush uh, outside office, garden room, TV on the wall, <laughs> beautiful. What kind of wood was it? Uh, March. March, yeah. March, March, yeah, right. Whereas I'm sitting in the corner of my bedroom on a squeaky chair. <laughs> anyway, okay. So fact check, fact check. Yeah. So I, so I think we had, I think it was ten. No, was it ten? Yeah, it was ten facts to check from episode three. Um, so I looked up the first five. I think I failed in the last one, but it was a, I think it was one of your stupid theories anyway. So. <laughs> um, so the first one was does Apple activity or do Apple activity rings increase goals daily or weekly and it looks like you can set them specifically um, but it suggests improvements weekly so it's it, you have to set it so you must have set your rings um, before you set off with your new watch 
it hasn't asked me once if I wanted to increase my goals actually since I got this new watch. So I must have it in that. Uh-huh. That's it. So the second one was inflexible versus unflexible. Uh, I think you thought it might have been unflexible. Uh, ignoramus, it's inflexible. Uh, well, my, my recollection of that was exactly the opposite. <laughs> Just rewind, listen to episode three, and you'll you'll find the answer. Um, the next one was a sleep-related one. So can you have deep REM sleep or just deep non-REM sleep? So REM sleep is rapid eye movement sleep when you're dreaming. Non-rapid eye movement sleep is the opposite. Um, and it's not quite as clear-cut as that because you can, I guess, be deeply sleeping in both states. Um, but sleep happens in stages. So you get light sleep to start with, which is you getting to sleep. You then get sleep spindles, which is where memories, or they think memories are being transferred from your short-term to long-term memories. Well, you wanted a fact check, not a lecture. Then you, <laughs> this is important. This is, this is useful stuff. Deep sleep, which is then uh, where your body heals itself and it's very hard to wake up from. So that's deep sleep. And then you get REM sleep, which is where your uh, muscles are paralyzed, so you can't actually move, which is important because that's your dream state. And quite typically, you may be running or um, having some sort of movement going on in your brain. But obviously, if you start moving about, that would be a problem. So, um, um, And that can be a deep state as well. So you can get both, I guess, is the answer. Uh, the next one was, is cortisol linked to sun and awakening each day? Um, it doesn't seem to be linked to the sun, but there is a cortisol awakening response. Uh, with cortisol, which is stress hormone, typically spiking 30 minutes after waking, and it can be up to a kind of average 50% increase, and seems to be linked to folk that get this cortisol awakening response, seems to be linked to stress and somewhere anxiety. And typically people get it on work days, but don't get it on the weekends, interestingly. And then the last one was, did humans seek out and eat rotting flesh like vultures <laughs> in prehistory, hence a powerful liver? Uh, I don't know where your this theory came from, Neil. But, I don't uh, actually know if that, if that was right. I can't, because... I can't hear. Uh, I, I can't hear. I can't, I can't, I couldn't find anything that suggested that that's what happened. The, the main thing seemed to be Prehistoric humans uh, ate what they could get their hands on. So they were scavengers. I think they that were was definitely the point, scavengers. Wasn't it? They were scavengers. But whether whether they would, because I think you thought maybe we had a particular sense of smell <laughs> to seek out rotting flesh, <laughs> and our liver enzymes were oh. powerful enough to do. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. so I can't find that. So I don't think that was necessarily the case, but it might be. Okay. Next fact. Me. Right, so my next fact was around meditation and whether, I think I said that I tend to meditate lying in my bed and yet every time I listen to my meditation guide they always say sit with a straight back, tall as a mountain, all that sort of stuff. So I looked into that a little bit and actually, and since I've been starting, and I'll talk about this a bit later, but since I've been getting into yoga quite a bit, which is something that obviously you're way into, there's this pose that she does at the end that... uh, what is it, Savasana or some? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's almost like a meditation uh-huh. with your arms out and your legs out. Yep. Uh, Savansana, that's it, isn't it? Savansana. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and so they were saying basically with the stuff I was looking at was basically saying that you and, and meditation in general is something that you shouldn't be judgmental over how good you are at it so you just do whatever works for you so I don't think there's anything wrong when we meditate and lying down but it does it is strange that every time you do your guided meditation they'll always say to you sit up sit up yeah you know tall so I, I, yeah I, I still I still a bit confused the next fact was around egg man <laughs> or eggplant and I'm assuming that's from I am from the Beatles yeah it's Eggman. I didn't yeah, need to look man. that up I just knew it was Eggman. I was like where the hell did that come from eggplant <laughs> it's I am the Eggman. they are the egg I am the Eggman. they are the Eggman. there's no eggplant in there you could you what happens when you have a general anaesthetic so I looked up to this a little bit, but I was getting a bit bored. I actually did this in pharmacology from a degree. And basically, uh, it's a combination of different things. It's a combination of something that will remove the pain, sort of numb your nerves, both nerves in your uh, your muscles and indeed your brain, and also some kind of uh, hypnotic or uh, sedative type effect that basically makes you unconscious and also stops you from remembering the experience. So it's a combination of lots of different drugs that they put together to kind of fulfill both of those two main aspects, which is pain relief and is uh, sedation. And in the olden days, they used to use um, combinations of ether, ether or chloroform, but then very hard to get that balance right without killing you. And then prior to that, they just used to get you drunk and chop your <laughs> leg off. Um, yeah, so, so, they how, so they do know how it works. Yeah, well, no, actually, they don't. They have a fair idea, but there's still quite a lot of it that's a bit kind of like, hmm. You know, I think there's some receptors in the brain that some things that will bind to and everything else. But there's a whole a whole aspect that's actually unknown as to how that actually switches things off and and all the rest of it. And maybe that's what we need to do is get some um, get an anaesthetist on or something to actually tell us a bit more about that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know someone that'd be perfect to actually tell us about that. Cool, let's do that. Um, okay, the next one, I had no idea what that is. I couldn't even remember. The super chasmistic nucleus. <laughs> the super chiasmatic nucleus. Come on. What, well, what is Everyone it? Everyone knows about that. I didn't even, like... It is real. So it's... you type that into Google. Right, wait a minute. I'm going to try and type that into chiasmatic Google. Live. Live on this podcast, right? Super, and is that the right spelling? Chaz, chasmatic, chiasmatic. It should be nucleus, or just me quick typing. Chiasmatic. Got it. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. The super chiasmatic nucleus or nuclei is a tiny region of the brain in the hypothalamus situated directly above the optic chiasm. It is responsible for controlling circadian rhythms. The neuronal and hormonal activities it generates regulate many different body functions in a 24-hour cycle. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is from the always correct Wikipedia Fantastic. Uh, okay, so I've answered that one live. And sleeping the first night of a hotel, a hotel is always bad. I couldn't find any sort of peer-reviewed, statistically powered scientific evidence <laughs> papers. Like, like every other one we've checked. That is true. But uh, I think anecdotally, I always have a bad sleep when I stay in a hotel. And I imagine most people you speak to are the same. And it's just down to <laughs> being human beings and being creatures of habit and then once you get used to staying in a certain place 
then things get easier. Because I tell you what, actually, when I've been oh, cricket chair, when I've uh, been on courses and stuff, and then tended to find it towards the end of the week that you'd sleep a lot better when you got used to being in that room for a longer period of time. But that also could be actually because you're getting near the end of the course and you're looking forward to escaping. Who knows? So uh, many questions coming from that. So many so, questions. So actually facts have come from fact check. Yeah. Well done. Okay. Uh, so it was fact checker. Everyone's favourite part of the show. <laughs> She's actually get like a little uh, jingle just for fact check, fact check. <laughs> you do one. <laughs> right, okay. Everyone's favourite part of the show. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving swiftly on. Well, I think it's really how 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 have we been coping with this, uh, I guess, enforced lockdown situation? Um, virtual homeworking, homeschooling, creating some form of structure, be forced to create some form of structure. Um, how's it? How are you coping? Um, that sort of thing. I think. Yeah. So it's horrendous. <laughs> uh, Is that I good? Mean, to, to be fair, it's probably worse for you because at least I'm, I am still working or attending work several days a week, uh, and and home working the rest of the time. So at least I'm kind of getting out a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard and the kids are going crazy and climbing the walls. I mean, we're into this is week three almost of our lockdown in the UK. I think week yeah week three it was it's actually it was like week four for us because Oscar developed a cough um, just before everything really kicked off. But when the advice had come out that if you develop a new cough or a temperature, either or, stay off school. Yeah. Um, and then obviously a week later, pretty much everything everything shut down. So we've had four weeks of it. And and then if anyone in your household had the cough, then you were. You, the advice was to you had to self isolate. So as a family, we've been we've been at home for four weeks. And we, of course, are for international listeners in the UK. Today is the tenth of April, Good Friday, and we've just yep. experienced our worst day of daily deaths. I think nine hundred and eighty deaths, almost a thousand deaths today. So they anticipate that. We're either at the peak or we're about to peak or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But, you know, in in true British style, we, we kind of didn't listen to anyone and decided to do things differently in the beginning and follow our own science, which was clearly flawed science. And then I think now we're dealing with the consequences of that and we have the so potential what, what, to be the worst in Europe. What do you think about Sweden? And their Sweden, kind of uh, herd immunity type thing. Well, well they've, they've, they've essentially stuck with what we started with. Which is not restrict no restrictions really. Social distancing, I think, seems to be the only one, and and I think um, gatherings of fifty or more are banned. But other than that, pre- pretty much everyone's going about their daily business as normal. Well, there's an important. I've not heard. I've not. What? And this is what I think will then lead to a fact check. And actually, this will be quite interesting to do podcasts over the course of this because it's quite clear just now that lockdown is going to continue. I reckon yep. we're at least till the end of April, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how things develop week on week and maybe we should try and make predictions to where we are week <laughs> on week but the Sweden situation versus the UK and the UK again took this whole approach in the very beginning that well you know Boris Johnson was famously saying you know we'll take it on the chin you know yeah, we'll, yeah. the whole kind of stiff upper lip that yep herd immunity will 
we'll lose a few grannies, but uh, we'll get there along the way, and then very quickly start to model it and realise that that would be catastrophic. Yeah, Sweden have taken a similar approach, but the fundamental difference between the Swedes and the Brits are that the Brits are arseholes. And that's Oof, fundamental. It's true. It's true. That's fundamental when it comes down to because the Swedes you can will check conform. Fact. They will conform, right? They're not as they won't conform to the extent that that China and the Far East have conformed, yeah. and that's the big reason why they were so successful in containment because they do what they're fucking told. Whereas in the UK, we just think that we could do whatever the hell we like. You know, the rules are there for us to follow if we think it's appropriate or not. Uh, and a huge number of us did including, including our chief medical officer. Absolutely, chief medical officer, prime minister, uh, health secretary, Dominic Cummings, you know, the his uh, man See, on the side. This is the interesting thing, because I was definitely, until maybe, until it properly, you properly started to see the statistics coming through, people dying of it, it not not peaking the you know the people in the front line the stories you were hearing uh, i was i was i was on the uh, this is just a kind of form of flu camp and it'll just disappear and by the way people die of flu as well hey it's just a similar it's like a strain of flu sort of thing whereas i'm totally not on that um, bandwagon now clearly this is a problem big problem um and we should be staying at home we should be paying attention to the rules and we should be Kind of flattening that that peak or flattening that curve of people that are are uh, coming down with it at the same time to prevent the kind of um, overload of the NHS. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of how long will this last? Is the question. I think that. Um, so I think in, in the, to answer the kind of the first part of, of what you said there, you're not you're not alone with that. I think everyone was of a similar mindset, and the reason you think that is because that's what we were told. You were told from the very beginning that, uh, and people were, were working the experience of SARS and MERS and, and other viruses like that, and they thought, well, yep. we all were told how scary they were being, actually managed to contain them, and yeah, and yeah, things weren't as bad. Yep. Yeah, and, yep. and it wasn't really a problem for us. Uh, so you, you know, a, month or, a month ago, you had the government advocating, as you said, this approach where really that it's, most, it's a mild illness for most people, that it's absolutely fine, we all get herd immunity, things are going to be okay. Um, but in terms of how long we'll be like this, I, I think that there'll be some form of restrictions of one uh, form or other till the end of this calendar year. Yeah. Minimum, yeah. Minimum, because, wow. Minimum. Because I, I, I know what we're doing just now, but mm -hmm. this is I've said this to you before, I think this is going to be the whole Neil's wave theory, and that basically, and I've actually drawn a wave <laughs> <laughs> just to explain it. Like but, a wave, like hello, hello, yeah, kind of wave. No, not that type of wave. No, a wave as in like you know the peaks and troughs, right? So, if you think about the situation we're in just now, we're still about to hit this peak, right? And let's say for argument's sake that the science is right and the peak is this weekend, which ironically in the UK coincides with Easter weekend, which is our probably longest double public holiday weekend of the whole year, and down south the weather's great. Well, so it's a recipe for disaster in terms of people actually complying, right? But let's say that happens. And then suddenly then you start to see what's happening in Spain and Italy and everywhere else is that the number of daily deaths start to come down. Because bear in mind, the whole death situation is 
it's kind of the legacy of what we did wrong several weeks ago. Yeah. And what you want to be looking for just now is like a plateau of the new cases coming through and the new numbers of hospitalizations as a consequence of new cases. You want to see that start to level off and start to decline. Deaths will be further in front of that, right? Which which is it's happening, isn't it? The, it's the happening. Of- it was happening because the last few days have been about four or 5,000, but today the numbers are up to 8,000 new cases. But I think so it's as well, so you've got to bear that in mind right, as well. Okay. Uh, so it's very difficult to try and you know keep keep track of all these numbers and stuff like that. But basically, then let's say for argument's sake we hit the peak this weekend, and then over the next couple of weeks we start to see things move in the right direction and mm-hmm. things are coming down. Mm-hmm. If you just go back to to what it was before, we're going to be in this situation in six weeks' time it's again. Gonna, yeah, it's going to it's going to re rekindle or nothing's going to change. Yeah, yeah. So what you need to do is basically, I think, keep us like this for a bit longer until you're confident we've got it under control. And then you start to go, right, let's kind of relax some of the restrictions and let's monitor. So you don't go right back to where you were, but let's say for argument's sake, you go, right, okay, you're allowed to go and see your family, right? Or you're allowed to go out and about, but they're still not opening restaurants, still not opening pubs, stuff like that. And then you monitor that for weeks, and then you see what the impact of that is. And what you're trying to do during this whole period of time is buy yourself time. Mm-hmm. Is basically go, right, you've got concurrently with all this, you've got uh, different therapeutic strategies being tested, you know, huge numbers of clinical trials of different therapies that have been used for other viral infections, for mm-hmm. things historically that might work that people are trying out just now. And also companies are working really hard to develop vaccines, but that takes 12 to 18 months. And that would be a miracle, actually, if you actually had a vaccine through all the clinical trials and tests and uh, regulations by that period of time. And then it's not only that being the problem, you get a vaccine that works. Because if you think about it as well, this is the other thing with a vaccine, coronavirus, the common cold's a type of coronavirus. We've never been able to manage to get a vaccine for that. So there's no guarantees yeah, yeah. of a vaccine. But let's say for argument's sake we do. It takes you 18 months to get it through the trials. You've got a candidate. Bill Gates has already helped with this. He's already said that, you know, I think he's got like, uh, there's eight, potential candidates and he's basically building plants for all of them to say go straight into manufacture knowing full full well that some of them will basically fail completely but then it means that you're not waiting until you get the one that works and then having to start scale up to manufacture that Mm -hmm. would just be a further delay but you're not manufacturing this vaccine for one country and a proportion of the population you're manufacturing this vaccine for the globe yeah yeah, so you then have to think about right the actual uh the logistics and being able to mm-hmm. actually then manufacture and deliver that everywhere and who gets it first well it has to be frontline workers the vulnerable groups all that sort of stuff it's going to take us years to get that herd yeah, yeah. you actually yeah. need yeah so what about so if someone gets it and then recovers do they do they become immune has anyone figured that out yet so they should right and is it, uh, so does it then become like the cold or the flu that you can get it again but you're likely to be able to f- ward, like, f- like f- your immune system will kick in, it'll get rid of it ultimately, but it won't go into hyperdrive and essentially, because that's the problem with this disease, isn't it? It's your immune system goes into hyperdrive almost, and then you, you, it's something you called R. Yeah. It's basically like any kind of viral pneumonia, any kind of virus that affects your lungs basically goes in there, your immune system goes mental to try and deal with it and then your immune system takes things too far and then it fills your lungs with fluids and you basically more or less drown, right? So 
what you would hope, you mentioned what everyone thinks earlier on about it's just like a flu. Yep. Think how long the flu's been around. Think of the pandemics we've had in the past, the flu. Mm -hmm. So we have some residual immunity to flu. Flu virus mutates every year, it gets modified, yep. you know, there's different it things. Still that kills happen. A lot. Still it kills, kills a huge number yeah. of people, but we have some residual immunity to that. Yeah. The other thing you find with flu is that actually most people that that get it tend to get quite ill, mm -hmm. and it also affects kids and all that sort of stuff. And actually, kids are really vulnerable to flu. By I mean, to me, more than anything else, right? More than how catastrophic this thing is. The the, the one positive thing about the whole. Uh, situation is that kids seem to be kids largely unaffected. Yeah. Can you imagine if you were sitting in this situation just now, knowing that our children were yeah, potentially at risk rather than, you know, the older generation, as much yeah. as, as tragic as that is, can you imagine? It would just be, oh, you wouldn't sleep. It'd be horrendous. Uh, but if you think about them, this novel coronavirus, it's it's something completely new. Mm. So immune systems haven't seen it to the same extent before. Yeah. So you would hope that if you get it, you would become immune and therefore... But that might last a month. That that might mm -hmm. last a, a few years. It might yeah. be because it's so novel that actually the antibodies remain and, and you give you immunity for life. That, but the, the fundamental message is no one really knows. And actually Which there's is, reports in the Far East of people who have got it twice, but I think probably that's just uh, that's maybe just false negatives testing, testing and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's really quite scary because it's it, whilst it's massively destructive across the population just now it still is the minority that go on to die typically they have underlying health conditions not always though which is another concern but and it doesn't seem to mutate particularly or doesn't seem to be mutating very quickly is that that's right isn't it i mean i've sequenced it no one really knows i mean it's it's, it's rife it's going through everywhere so probably for the virus it doesn't really need to mutate but because it's think been it's been pretty well, successful. So. Yeah, I guess. What, 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 yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So, but it's it's gone so quickly through the population. Yeah. But it's not it's not as um, dangerous as it could have been. I mean, like, imagine an Ebola style or a SARS therein, style. But therein lies your problem because that's why it spreads so rapidly. Because, because it's not. Yeah. Exactly. The vast majority of people that get it go about their daily lives and affect so others. Spread it. Ah, yeah, yeah, and and that that's the difference between it and something like Ebola or yeah. uh, you know a flu because you'd be in your bed dying, yeah, yeah. you know, or well, yeah. not literally. We we, uh, we we started watching Contagion the other night. Oh, did you? Oh God, <laughs> with Cole. <laughs> it was bad. But he started parenting one one. Yeah, parent one one. What not to do? Uh, so we stopped watching that because <laughs> he started. Yeah, he started getting worried, and we're like, "Oh, that was a bad idea." <laughs> um, I don't. Have you ever seen it? No. Okay, well, we've only seen the first fifteen minutes, but it's it's very very similar to what's going on here, except Is it's it not airborne though. It's yeah, and it's and it's so funny. It's like people die within like days of getting it, but it's spread rapidly and it's so airborne that it keeps spreading. Yeah. And they're trying, I think they're trying to contain it and stuff, but it's just, it's like Jesus. But it is quite close to home. And that was what, 10 years ago? The thing is, you look at TED Talks, Bill Gates, four or five, six years ago, something saying, we're not prepared. This this, this is going to happen. We're not prepared. Um the guy, the guy that was on Joe Rogan, Michael Austin Holder or something like that. I'll do a fact check on that. Um, but a, a kind of world-renowned um, 
pandemic scientist and basically predicted this. And he actually predicted it was going to come from China as well, weirdly. Yeah. But so many people knew about it, but nobody paid it. And this is the thing. I wonder if people will pay attention, put more money into into trying to prevent this happening in the future as opposed to putting money into other things. You look at the situation in the US and, you know, yeah. one of the last things Obama did before he left office was set up this pandemic response unit and it was as a consequence of SARS and MERS and everything else. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things Trump did in office was basically fire them all. Yeah. And, you know, the US are, I mean, they're in a horrendous state and I, I think they're under-reporting. Um, huge, hugely under-reporting. Uh, so I think when the numbers that you see are, are a, a fraction of, of the real situation that's out there. Mm. Uh, but it's weird, you know, it's such a it's such a strange... I was saying this to, to the wife last night, because we were watching this kind of report on it, and it was talking about the antibody test and talking about the you know, immune response and all that. And I said, it's quite weird to hear the general public using terms all the time now that <laughs> I use in work. And... Do you know, and we have done for a long, long time that no one really actually knew what it was before. But the thing is, probably still don't, because what I've found funny um, is the amount of people that have become um, scientists overnight or medics (laughs) and and are talking about how it spreads or doesn't spread or what what you should do in terms of isolating people and why and stuff. And you're just like... You don't. You don't have a clue. You just. You've heard something in the news, and now you're, you're spouting it forward as if it's it's fact. Oh, and that's, I know. That's, I know. And that's why craziness like the five G thing comes about as well. Yeah. And it's interesting because yeah. you see people like, I mean, I had a fight with someone on Twitter the other day because uh, I made some comment in the post about masks and the fact that. Uh, you're quite aggressive on Twitter, I've noticed. That's, that seems to be your mode of venting. The Twitter bully, I'm a troll. No, it, it actually, just stopped... your tweet, your latest tweet, just when did you post this? The death tweet thing. Yeah, because it annoyed me. Popped, it's popped up seven minutes ago. Actually, um, no, that the tweet I, I put on was something about. Yeah, it was Limmy actually. Limmy had tweeted about why is it the people in supermarkets that wear masks, masks to the ones that always give you the least room and don't do social distancing at all, you know? And, and I'd agree with it. Because the mask is protecting them. Well, that's the whole point. It's kind of going, well, why are they wearing masks anyway? You know, where are they getting these masks from? Why are they, why, and why are they wearing them to a supermarket mm-hmm. when you're struggling to get them in the NHS? And I got this total aggressive reply back from this guy saying, are you having a laugh? What do you mean, why are they wearing masks? I, I'm wearing a mask. My wife has asthma and all that. And looked totally like. And then someone else jumped in in true Twitter style and went, "Why are you getting all bent out of shape?" He was just, he was making a point. And then they started having a fight. And then by the time I had logged on and checked my notifications, their fight, like they had just gone off in one right. So my point was, I just went in and went. My point was simply is that that you were in a supermarket, you were in a master supermarket, isn't going to help you. It isn't going to help your wife and your kids, right? And it means that for every person that's doing that, it's a mask that could be used by those people who need it, who need it more. It's all about viral load, right? And the reality is, is that it's been proven that you wearing a mask to try and protect yourself wandering about the streets is not going to work because all that's going to, what's going to happen in most instances, right, when it's not an airborne virus, 
is that you're going to get this if someone sneezes on you or if you touch a surface that it's been on. So these people will put their masks on, toddle into the supermarket. Maybe they'll wear some gloves, right? They'll walk around. This is the other thing. People wearing gloves in, in, in supermarkets too. They're walking around and they're taking things off the shelf and they're putting them into their, their trolley and then putting them into their bags at the checkout. And then what do they do? They go, right, okay, I, I'll take the gloves off. So what point do they take the gloves off? Because then they have to handle the food that mm-hmm. was in the supermarket anyway, that someone packed in a factory, that someone yeah. then put on the shelf, and then they're touching yeah. the bags and the food that they've touched with the gloves. So yeah. it, what you need, the best way to deal with this is just to make sure two things, wash your hands all the time, yeah. and if you do touch surfaces, make a, a make a conscious habit and not doing anything to touch your face or, or that yeah. until you get home and then wash your hands and, and, and do it that way. Yeah. So so that was my whole point. But it was have, just, you, have you taken to um, kind of wiping down packaging? No. Uh, coming through the door? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I, I, I started doing that for the first time today. I just spray it. I just spray uh-huh. it. Like detergent yeah. spray. Yeah. And I said to Lynn, because let's face it, in this house, I get nothing as a package every day from uh, <laughs> Amazon. So, my, so well, the, the guy who comes, you know, sometimes you get like a courier and he, I think he delivers for different companies. I can't remember what the company's called, but there's a guy called Dave who just pitches up all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he just knows. He's always like, didn't he? Um, ah, it's another one for Not the wife. I don't know how she, I don't know how you're from <laughs> this. And I'm like, I don't know either. And then she always tells me, well, it's just a coincidence that the days that you're working that a package has come in. And then <laughs> so he's like, he's like, I'm here every day. <laughs> So uh, when stuff comes in, I, I tend to spray. We got a takeaway last Saturday night, and Lynn was totally paranoid about that. She's yeah, going, actually, that's, that's shown us like kind of going. Mm, should we? Should we get? We actually we've ordered one um, during the mini grill in Glasgow. Yeah, it's got really good steaks. It won best burger 2017 or something, or something like that. <laughs> anyway, they're doing deliveries still, and they, so we're getting that for Easter Easter Sunday. Very good. Well, we got a takeaway last Saturday night, and. Um, from that Indian, actually, we got when you guys were over. And all I did when everything came in was I just basically took all the stuff out of the dishes and I put it all in plates and I dumped all the packaging and I went and washed my hands. Yeah. That's what, that's what we've been doing because the only takeaway we've had is uh, Domino's a couple of times. Right. And I just take the box out, put the pizza on a plate and then take the box out the back and then wash my hands and all that. The thing is, you can't. It's it's impossible. You just got to try and do the best you can. But uh, yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's we've kind of got into a whole coronavirus <laughs> yeah, discussion. We, we started to become experts. <laughs> but it's actually all that about right lockdown and what has this done to our well, yeah, goals. Exactly. But interestingly, right, a link from previous podcasts and my obsession with vegetarianism and veganism. Mm-hmm. This is all all come from our addiction to meat that's that's what's caused this situation if you think back these are all zoonoses right these are all viruses that have made the leap from animals to humans and that is because of intensive farming intensive farming in the far east particularly of rare species so viruses that are less likely to make that leap and then cause you more damage because it's something that's more foreign but you think back to everything, right? You think back to BSE in the UK. You think back to uh, bird flu, H1N1, swine flu, SARS, MERS, coronavirus. Every single one of those 
has been a zoonosis that has basically jumped from an intensively farmed animal into a human being. Do you explain so, what zoonosis means? It's an animal virus. Right. So it's basically, a, a va- and there's hundreds of these things, right? Yeah. So basically, half the time they won't cause you any problems. But the more you're exposed to them, viruses like everything else you know, are opportunistic, mutate, make these, and all that's happened in this situation, and that's why they think what's happened is it's come from bats, and there's been an intermediate host, which is these pangolins, you know, these kind of little... Um, definitely pangolins. Features. At one point they thought it might have been snakes, but... It, it could even be. It's all. I mean, a lot of it's speculation, but basically they think it's, it's jumped from one one animal source, mutated into another one, and it's either mutated in the pangolin or it's jumped into the human and mutated there. And the fundamental difference, I think, with this coronavirus is that it binds to the ACE2 receptor, which I think you particularly find in your lungs, and it enables it to actually mm-hmm. get into your lung cells much more effectively. But mm-hmm. every single one of these viruses, again, comes from our obsession with eating other species and that is my fundamental point is that i'm not saying give up meat i'm not saying don't eat uh, meat i mean that's i know that's just a ridiculous thing to try and even aim for and achieve but we need to think carefully about a these markets that they have in china where they just keep all these varied sort of often rare and endangered animals under horrendous conditions with no welfare standards whatsoever needs to be stopped. And also, we need to actually think about in the Western world, because swine flu, I mean, that's the irony of, of Trump with all these, mm-hmm. the, the Chinese virus. Swine flu started in the States. Yeah. So do you call that the, the American virus? And because they were basically, had horrendous welfare standards for pigs. And this is what's even weirder, right? Take the word carnivorous. You can get the word coronavirus. Oh my god! Perfectly. You've so, become that's like a five G nonsense. <laughs> that's not five G nonsense. Like, that is exactly that's based like on that. facts. That's, that's, no, that's, that's, like that's, that's based on facts. Coronavirus. Like that's based on facts. So you enjoy your steak because you're part of the problem, scumbag. <laughs> right. I will. Uh, Lockdown. Having a burger on uh, on Sunday. I had a burger tonight. Did you? Uh, wasn't, I bet it wasn't meat, though. It was a corn chicken burger. Nice. Corn doesn't agree with me. Corn doesn't agree with me. Corn, um, yes. Anyway, back to how things have been going. So, yep. fitness-wise, sleep, do you want me to start with sleep? Yes, so, yes. I'm just looking, so the sleep app. Trouble is, um, in order for it to work properly, I need to remember to charge my watch before I go to bed, because you need to wear your watch to get best reading. Yep. But... The good thing is just flicking through. So there's quite a lot of six hour, 40 minutes, six hour, 50 minutes. There's an eight hour, 46 minutes, seven hour, 47 minutes, six, 40. That's pretty good. It's It's much better. And the reason is I don't need to get up as early. 100%. So I'm not necessarily going to bed too much earlier, although I think I'm maybe a little bit, but I'm getting up later. Because I don't need to get up and get make the commute into work, which is so that that's that's the answer, <laughs> really. But sleep is so from a from a sleep point of view, lockdown has been a success story for you then. So, yeah, there's actually quite a few. We'll come on to that later, but there's quite a few positives I'd take from this lockdown. Sleep's definitely one of them. Yeah, fitness as well. I've yep. managed to rack up quite a few. So I've done a few strength training uh, routines in the garage. Uh, not with your weights. They're my weights before you say No, it. no, no. We, we'll touch on that in a minute. But anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
I managed to do a few of them. I've done some yoga. Um, uh, we've done so. Although you're allowed to go out I, I on a daily basis with this lot, I managed to do a few of them. I've done some yoga, um, and me and the boys went out a run last week. Um, we were trying to go out a run. I, I was trying to go out a run one, maybe once or twice a week, but that's not happened. But I have managed to do yoga. I think seven days in the last eight, so not quite seven in a row. Um, that's good managed to do um, and that's my, my goal now is to do something once a day I also did the Joe Wicks P on a number of days not every day but um, I did it with the boys showing did it a couple of days as well um, and that's quite good that Joe Wicks P it's not for kids definitely not just for kids it's no, half, hour, half hour of, of high intensity interval training and it's it's yep. hard it's good though. So, I know it is so Lynn, Lynn did that with the kids. Again, this is, you know, all part of the homeschooling thing. For those that aren't familiar with Joe Wicks, he's the body coach in, in the UK. Uh, and he did this for all kids because schools were closed and did a daily a daily morning PE. Still doing uh, it. Uh, still doing still. it at nine o'clock. So Lynn was doing it with the kids. Then she actually got into it and she started doing it every single day. She's become a bit exercise obsessed. And, and actually, I find the same thing, not obsessed, but I've been exercising probably more than I normally would do. Yeah. So from an exercise point of view, and that's probably just because you, you're using it as an outlet. Yeah, so, so I think there's that, definitely using it as an outlet, but also you have time. Yeah. Because I, I've found that um, normally what's happening is you're working, you've also got the commute backwards and forwards from work, which you don't have just now. Then typically, well, pretty much every night of the week, the boys will get something happening. Yeah. Football or drums or yeah, that. Yeah. And then at the weekend is the same. So literally you're you've got very little time to yeah. actually do anything. And then when you do, you're either wanting to do something else or you get something else organized and therefore squeezing it in becomes harder and harder. Whereas you're getting some time back now. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I forgot about all the clubs and stuff like that. It does make yeah. a big difference because that, that does, and particularly for you, you're far worse than I am, but that takes a, an awful lot of time during your week. But you know what I've found is that what I've been trying to do, I think, since the last podcast, um, it would be good to actually find out what date the last podcast we actually did it on so I could then know what difference. But look at this in terms of my rings. So since the 1st of March... I have mm-hmm. closed my rings every single day, and we're now in the tenth of April. That's in good. Ter- in terms of, and that's a five hundred. Do you feel different? Uh, yeah, I, I feel I feel pretty good. At, but I'm really motivated to do that every day, which I never was. I was quite happy. I'm actually now stressed because I'm going. To, <laughs> how am I, how am I going to feel the first day when I go and do that? And I'm going yeah, to no. myself for, <laughs> but the, for the, that. The, the, because even, even, um, when, when was, was it, two days, days ago, ago, I think, maybe even yesterday, I just said, right, I got up and I said, right, I'm going to do a yoga in the, in the, in the bedroom. And it was like, a, I think it was a 15 minute abs yoga workout, maybe 12 minutes or something like that. But it was quite hardcore. I, I, I do the uh, Boho Beautiful. I should check. Check those YouTubes out. Both I'm doing yoga with uh, Adri- Adrienne. Yoga with Adrienne. I think yoga with Adrienne's is 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 good, but it's well, like amateur it's yoga. Is that what you're it's not say? amateur. Definitely not amateur yoga. But the Boho Beautiful one seems a lot more. 
it's just harder. It's just it, it's it's more of a cardio workout typically, and right. the routines they do are a lot more intense. They're just harder. Do you know? Can it's, I can I tell you what my feelings are? Because obviously you've done yoga for a while, and I was a bit dismissive of it, right? Because I didn't really understand it properly, and then. Since the start of March, what, what the key thing that I've done differently is that I used to just, my exercise was literally running in some weights. But now what I'm trying to do every day is mix it up a bit. Mm-hmm. So what I do is a bit of running. And if, I'd normally, weekends, if I get outside, I'll do like five and a half miles, six. I did a 10K actually last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'll run at the treadmill, or I'll do weights, or I'll go for a walk. And when I've been working, I've sometimes just been going for a walk at lunchtime in the campus where I work. But then I get into yoga because I thought, actually, I should do that because it's another good way to burn calories and meet my goals. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. It's really, really tough. And, and yeah. that was really surprising to me because I just kind of thought it was all going to be about stretching and exercise and quite relaxed. But actually, some of that, you know, you're, you're sweating. And yeah, that, and totally. that I guess, just my ignorance. But, uh, yeah, I, I've been really yeah, quite taken aback, actually, about how much I'm enjoying it. So... I get it. I still don't understand your obsession with headstands, but uh, <laughs> it's because it's you can do it. That's the thing. I'm a downwards dog type of guy. <laughs> uh, um, I'm just mucking about with the sound thing here. I'm, it's going to be interesting. I'm not entirely convinced your audio is going to appear <laughs> on this. Oh, great. <laughs> so we're almost at 40, we're 47 minutes worth, and you know, you hear me fantastic. Right, okay. <laughs> Well, so, there must be a way of recorded it in Skype that even if you just do the audio, you can upload that. Yeah, which so, is what we're going to have to do. Yeah, which we might have to do. Um, if so, so, we're going to have to do this all over again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We might not be able to uh, edit this one as effectively as uh, as other ones. I'll have to get my sound engineer on to it. Yeah. Um, so, Who's that, Neil? That's you. <laughs> So basically, you in, in summary, right? You would say that since this lockdown has begun, you are you're more time rich. You've found that your exercise is back on track. Uh, yeah. You're sleeping better. You've been got back into the weights and all that sort of stuff. You've been doing a bit of hit training uh, with, and let's talk about my weights, right? So to set the scene, I think here, we've run out of time. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> To set the scene here, right? I was actually trying to think about this because I constantly on Instagram when you know an all right peeps Keith's Instagram page where he always shows his uh, kind of time lapse things of his workouts. You always see him lifting my weights, right? And I want you to go back to when probably what happened was I think it was when if I when I moved to Aberdeen or just so I was twenty one, so you're talking you know, over twenty years ago, and I had these weights when I was fourteen. And I had a weight bench that went with them. And you wanted the weight bench and the weights and the barbell and all the rest of it. So I gave it to you. And then years later, I remember there was a point where you decided <laughs> you did want them. So I came home one day to my mum's and the weights were lying in the garden. Because obviously you decided to come around, there wasn't in, so you just dumped them in the garden. Then you wanted them back, so you got them back again. And then at one point I said, can I get my weight bench? And you went, oh, I didn't want the bench, so I gave it to my brother. And I remember I had to get Trav, one of our other mates, to get his van, to drive over to your brother's, to pick up the bench, because he was going to chuck it out. And I was like, don't chuck out my bench, I want my bench back. I got my bench back, it was all rusty, because he'd kept it outside, and I think you'd kept it outside. So I then had to buy bolts to secure it all and fix it properly. Then I had to go and buy a barbell and weights for the weight bench that was mine. And then all this time, 
you've had my weights in your garage and continue to work out with them. I I don't recall any of that. It's, 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 <laughs> just be honest, it's the truth. I do recall borrowing weights at one, one stage, but I don't think these are the same weights. They are. Oh. <laughs> You're unbelievable. They'll be, anyway, they'll be, they'll be high weights again so, when so, you decide you no longer want them. That's what will so, happen. So, so back to back to yoga, right? So you've been doing runnings about weights and yoga, but you think yoga is now working for you, yeah? Yeah. Definitely. Are you having to meditate separately, or do you oh, think you're combining not. that with yoga? Just writing that down. Meditation is crap, and I find that quite interesting because, um, as we've said before in previous podcasts, that's always been quite a big thing for me. <laughs> and yeah, I, I have found that when I'm doing yoga, because you can reach the end of the, the guided yoga session and then she usually goes into that uh, I can't see that Savansana mm-hmm. I don't think that's right I don't think that's the way you pronounce it but uh, I kind of do maybe five minutes mm-hmm. I think as much as I'm enjoying the yoga it's kind of almost putting me off the meditation but the thing is it's not it's not it shouldn't be you shouldn't think of it as putting you off you should think of it as you're actually combining two things together it doesn't feel like that. It feels very different. What, why? Because the one thing I would say about yoga is that I'm crap at breathing during it. Like, see when she keeps guiding you through it and saying, right, in for... And I'm so come, busy trying to look and go, oh no, God, what am I doing next? That I'm kind of... That's I just be, find the breathing hard. That's just because you're not familiar with the um, flows yeah, so you did... You, I mean, I, I'm still I'm still looking at the, the screen and all that, but what I'm mostly able to do is the breathing's correct and that'll come off over time but once you get the breathing down because the, breath, the breathing's a big part because mm. um, you're taking big deep breaths right throughout the whole routine typically with yoga and that's really what meditation's about although you're yeah, no, doing some stuff is. you're not going to remember that yeah. that that kind of um that kind of end pose, um, I can't remember the names that's what I'm going to have to start doing is remembering the only thing I can the remember about Savantana um, is definitely that but also when you're even when you typically end and you end in a kind of seated position with your legs crossed and you maybe like do kind of sunset salutation or whatever you're, you're supposed to just kind of sit for a bit yeah and chill and chill and that's yeah. you essentially meditating and actually that, that's my breathe, favorite part you've done the big deep breaths as you're exercising so you're yeah. you're opening up your 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 body you're you're kind of getting your muscles working getting blood flow um and then you're getting the big deep breaths which is take anything meditation wim hof's um breathing methods I've been doing that every morning but it's, it's kind of combining them all yeah the only no. thing um i've not done which i started kind of doing is the cold shower thing no, I've been doing that. And do you know why I've been doing that just now? For coronavirus. Because I read a few things online about ways you can prep your lungs to get your lungs in good condition and all the rest of it. And one of them was about kind of breathing exercises and, and pushing as much air out as you can and all that sort of stuff. So actually every morning I've been doing the cold shower and doing the hyperventilation thing just as a kind of lung exercise more than yep. anything else. Well, did you see um, the doctor that J.K. Rowling... Um, yeah, that, that's the one, yeah, and do the cough at the end. I do oh, a bit of that as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's also about lying, because I don't know if you've seen this, but if you I see any pictures of... Yeah, it's like, a, is it prone position, they call it? Uh, but, yeah, they have all the people in intensive care units lying on the front. Yeah. 
because most of your lung capacity is at your back. Uh-huh. And then so, when you're lying on your back, it's kind of restricting. Yeah. So it's, yeah, so I'll be doing a bit of that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I find that it's, it's definitely helped. But I, I, I'm so inflexible. Unflexible. She's You watch the video and things that just look so easy. Oh, you're like, yeah. oh, I feel like well, an old man. I, what was the one, Flying, what was it called, Flying Dragon or something like that? I was looking at a couple of routines this morning to do, and I tried to do, one that I used to be able to do is um, Eagle Pose, mm-hmm. where you're, you basically wrap your leg, <laughs> basically <laughs> wrap, but you're, you're basically wrapping your arms and interlocking behind, through your legs and then behind your back, and then lifting your leg off the floor. Yeah. So I used to be able to do that, I can do it. Stand on my right leg, stand on my left leg. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Even, I, couldn't I just couldn't do it. Um, so I need to. I need to. I think. I, I think that's what I posted this morning. I need to do a lot more um, hip flexor training um, or yoga routines that, that kind of sort your hip because it's all your hips and your hamstrings and your psoasis. Yeah, yeah, so, is it psoasis? You're you know the main muscle that connects your back with your legs. Back check. Soasis, soasis, back check. Um, soasis muscle. Um, because that's, but apparently if that's if that's tight, then everything's going to be tight, and it's really it's going to be really difficult for you to do stuff. So you need to do routines that help with that. Um, but fun, Colin Oscar really inflexible as well. We need to get them to do yoga. Uh, because Oliver's like he's he's, he's watching me a couple of times, but he's the opposite because he's gymnastics and stuff yeah. like that. But Rory's like you know he he can't touch his toes, you know. And uh-huh. sort of yeah. So, but and the thing is, I was really you'll remember this. I was really flexible when I was younger. <laughs> and, uh, You've never been flexible. <laughs> I mean, when I used to do karate, I was renowned for my ability to kick very high and very uh-huh. successfully. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas you, I remember you used to do a thing like book surprise. Was it? There was something never, you called it. The second dad your leg, you, your kind of leg couldn't really get above your hip height, and so what you did was you just like twist your foot to try and hit someone. Exactly in the feet. what happened to you. See, this is the weights. This is all lies. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but so I think let's move moving on to structure of the, a typical day. Yeah, what I've found particularly difficult um, mentally is combining work with school, homeschooling. Yeah. and looking after Theo who's just coming up for two who is also uh, interestingly the tantrums have just kicked in oh yeah so, so he's now it's the way he expresses himself now is screaming throwing stuff and you just you just need to ignore it that's that's the stage we're at <laughs> have you had any moments when you've been on a call to work and you've yeah. had like the yeah I've, I've had that it's quite and it's hard because a lot of the people that I was in calls with are a bit older and so their kids are older and they don't have <laughs> and you just feel like I'd be sitting here on mute and it'd be my turn to speak and then we'd just hear downstairs going Wah! and I'd be texting Lynn going tell them to shut up it's so embarrassing <laughs> you know so but yeah. the, that's the thing the um the good thing, the good thing about this is that everybody's in the same boat. So we are you less than me, but uh, I'm able to pretty much do everything. I can work from home, and most people in my work can work from home. There's a couple of physical tasks where people can't, but 
most of the stuff's done on a computer. Yeah. So, um, so you're able to because everyone's in the same boat, and like a majority of folk will have a kids or pets or something going on in the background. If that happens, everyone's cool with it. So it's, yeah. it's it's fine. Um, and you can mute and you just go, oh, give me a second. And, and the good thing is, though, for us, is Cole and Oscar have been fantastic. Oh, they've that's been good. Looking after Cole, they've been do- yeah, looking after looking after Theo. They've been um, they've been doing so many, so much more in terms of chores and helping out as well. Do you pay them for that? Well, they get everything. <laughs> yeah. So we give them stuff. So we're like saying, you know, you've got an Xbox and all that, you know. So, but we have actually got them Lego, which is good from a structure perspective. So, um, when they were still at school, because they're on holiday now. So, what was interesting was we managed to get them in a decent structure during the day with school. So, we had them doing an hour of numeracy, um, like a break, an hour of literacy. So, the way we'd set up was in the morning, it was 9 o'clock, Joe Wicks. 9.30, they designed their own PE for half an hour outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took it in turns to do something so they would do drills or runs or whatever in the garden um, then it was 10 o'clock was 10 to 11 was um, numeracy, then a half hour break then an hour of art or or research and some of science or something like that then lunch I think then numeracy then quiet time where they were reading and then that was them they had, I think we said three till five was outdoor time, and then five was dinner, and then chores for half an hour, and then whatever they wanted, electronics or whatever. And if they did their chores earlier, then they could they they'd get extra time, you know, they'd get more time to do electronics. And that's quite often they do that. And that worked really quite well. It was just building Theo into the mix was the hard one. But now, now they're moving into holiday period. There isn't structure. So we're trying no, to say, like, actually, we let them like go on the computer before, and that was a carnage because they were on it just too long. So we then started saying, actually, no, you're not getting any electronics till midday. And so during the morning time, when you're off, go and do whatever you want, go outside and play and whatever. But you're not, you're not on electronics. Yeah. And so they've they've kind of coped with that after a bit of time, but. That's the, the structure definitely works. Having some form of structure definitely works. So, so we did we did something similar. I mean, uh, obviously, Lynn's a teacher, so that kind of makes life a bit easier for me, I, I guess. She, and the way her work is, she was uh, she's actually managed to take on most of the burden. Her boss has been pretty good, actually, with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's been kind of doing most of the stuff. But I, I did a lot of two or three lessons, and, man, I... I just don't have any patience. I just like, I was like, we came down and the, my, my one contribution was that uh, they were doing a topic of the royal family, or they have to do a topic of the royal family. So I had to like look things up with them and to write things down. And they have these glow accounts, you know, these like online, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and you can talk to their teacher. And I told them at the time that uh, in passing that Prince Andrew doesn't sweat and loves Pizza Express, and all of them would put it in his glow account, <laughs> <laughs> which then went to the teacher. I'm like, she's think I'm an imbecile. So, uh, <laughs> he just thought he was like, Daddy, it was so interesting that he doesn't sweat. And I was like, eh. uh, to be fair, it could have been a lot worse. It could have uh, been a lot worse. Yeah. But yeah, so they were doing something similar. Again, I think actually it was when you put up your thing on Instagram with your structure, we just copied it. And it was uh, doing the Joe Wicks in the morning. They do a, a bit of maths, a bit of English, and a bit of their topic stuff. And then, yeah, they get some iPad time in the afternoon. And it worked well most days. 
they, Lynn did say some days they were a bit of a struggle and again Maisie's is a challenge and I feel bad because I'm not here every day Yeah. so then she was having to deal with that on her own the days I was in work and yeah. and then when I'm here I'm kind of still working most of the time so yeah. it's, it's that's what, she, that's she's very tough that's what we found tough because we're both working yeah and so yeah. trying to balance that out and, and mostly on calls and stuff so it's hard to and that's why Cole, Cole and Oscar have stepped up so yeah. we're lucky that they're a wee bit older yeah um, but yeah it's just but saying all that I think for me actually the good stuff is slightly outweighing the bad at the moment yeah I, I, that sleep's better fitness is better yeah. Spending time with family is better. Um, we're, um, I guess, the slowdown of things mm-hmm. at the weekend. So, so the week's definitely not slowing down. Evenings, maybe a little bit. But weeks aren't slowing down. But weekends are definitely slowing down. I've slowed down. Mm-hmm. Because there isn't anything. Mm-hmm. But that, that's interesting because I think that you, you are, you're a very sociable couple. You do an awful lot of things, probably much more than say I, I think I I do. Um, so it's interesting because I even find that there is part of me that's quite enjoying the fact that at weekends I I don't feel like I'm forced to, to be doing stuff. Do you know? I always at weekends I often go, no, I need to be doing this experience for the kids, or we we should be going out and doing this, and yeah. we need to make something of the weekend. Whereas actually, because you get to the weekend and you're just like, there is no choice here. I know that I'm going to be in the house, and and actually I've been out in the garden quite a bit. I wash the cars today, and I, I never ever actually wash the that's, cars. That's an interesting thing. Doing stuff that you would never normally do. No, I've always going gets paid to get that done. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I've started painting the garage. Uh, I've bought some spray paint. I'm gonna there's that you know that little table we've got out the back. Yeah. It, it looks like there's bird crap on it, and it's not. It's yeah. just paint's peeling. I've got um, wire brushes on the drill bit to wire them, wire sand them down, yeah. and then repaint. And you've never done anything like that. It's projects, and that's uh-huh. it. It's, well, it's so, so I, I think I, whether we'll be seeing this in another three weeks' time is another thing. But yeah, yeah it's it, it's strange it's though, not. isn't it? It's not a bad thing to slow down. Definitely no, it's not. not. And that's where you go, well, actually, will we behave differently? Because you're right, normally it's you're busy. You're busy because you might want to be busy, but you're also busy because you've got commitments. And yeah. then you're busy because you go, ah, I've not gone out and seen such and such for such a long time, so I can't say no. And yeah. so there's a bit of guilt yeah. as well. So then yeah. you're suddenly, you're really busy. Yeah. But that, this, whereas, is, this whereas, all goes back to mindfulness though uh-huh. this is what it's all about it's that you're you're getting time just to actually enjoy the moment and live in the moment and mm-hmm. and and the slowing down one is is yeah it's it's uh i i wonder if i mean i genuinely hope that when we get to the end of this that humanity will be all the better for it but i'm completely aware that's probably a naive and somewhat romantic uh idea and in reality probably what will happen is within a year or so normality People will just forget about it. But, you know, you think that actually we'll look back in this time and and I think probably you'll, it'll be it'll be weird for the kids. So for us, and that's what I find very difficult, is that the kids talk to me and they'll sort of say, like, Dad, when will this be over and coronavirus? And they use mm-hmm. the terms and they talk away about it. And, and you know, 
we're in our early 40s and we have no recollection of any experience like this that we can actually provide yeah. empathy to them because this is completely new for us as well. Yeah. And in the same way, it's not even just us, it's like my, my great-gran, uh, I'm sorry, my grandma, is, you know, their great-gran is like 93 years old and she has mm-hmm. no recollection or experience of anything like this. It's completely and utterly novel. So for them growing up as children through this, it'll be an interesting to think how to see both we'll reflect on it and they'll reflect on it in years to come. Yeah, totally. It's whether, so, because, like, companies like Zoom are doing really well out of this, because all this virtual um, communication, yeah. video communication. Actually, in a lot of ways, it works better for things. So we're doing, like, town halls at work on Zoom. They seem more interactive yeah. than than standing out on the floor. Um, and actually, you go, a lot of stuff we do we should be able to accommodate homeworking a lot more. So for those that want to do it, because mm-hmm. um, of whatever reasons, um, why not? Whereas Absolutely. at the moment we're still kind of we're still in this kind of industrial revolution state of well, one nine if Monday, Friday, nine to five, and and um, you need to be in an office. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you I, don't now. Obviously, it's different for like trades and all that. Yeah, they continue and do but that's that's always going to be been the case yeah. but for for folk that work in an office environment there is no reason it's all it's all online so why not build in if if you can operate better at different times of the day and then it brings in the whole yeah, night yeah, agile working, and, night, yeah. agile working and, and and actually company uh, countries that have have started doing this like sweden for example seem to be more productive in fewer hours in a day and fewer days of the week. Well, that's why they're not, they are not getting coronavirus because they're all it? fucking homeworking anyway. There's it's, your answer. <laughs> it's, like, it's like an idea. This whole weekend, two days, week, weekday, five days, it's just an idea that someone came up with at a point in time. Yeah, totally. We've just, we just, we just continued with it. Yeah. It's um, come back to a conversation about breakfast, lunch and dinner. It's uh-huh. just all habits. Are you doing intermittent fasting actually on that? Or you managed to keep no, I've not done that? that actually. I've actually been quite enjoying my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've managed I've I've still kept intermittent fasting going. Have you? Uh, well, I need to because my that's the one thing that I've not cracked yet, and I'm going to start doing my fitness pal again to sort myself out, to guilt myself into eating better because you love crisps. I'm crisps, sweets, mm-hmm. just. It's just, I just, and then I, yeah, I just overload and all that crap that you don't need. Really it's just, it's, you don't need it. But No, I know. And then, but it's so easy, you go, like, a handful of these, handful of these. Like, we were watching, a, we watched the Jumanji, a new Jumanji film last night, all of us. Um, and that's a good one, actually, for the kids. It's quite funny. Is it? Um, but you, we've, like, got, like, sweets, and we're just piling them into, like, a... Oh, I know. Thing. You, you have no idea how many. Well, I don't know. Are you finding this as well? So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing all the food shopping, right? Because I said to Linda, there's, I'm, out, I'm out anyway, so I might as well, I might as well be the one that always goes out. So therefore, you know, I don't have to be stuck in with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it's just in terms of there's no point in her putting herself at risk when I'm, you know, doing that anyway. But I'm doing the Tesco, Tesco open an hour early for NHS workers on a Sunday morning. So I'm going doing most of the shopping then. And then I'm doing like a top-up shop 
during the week, uh, just for a little while. But we're spending a fortune in food compared to what we normally spend. And, and this is also what I found is interesting, is that then, you know, and it's the kids, the kids are caught, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And you think, you're hungry, but you're a lot less active, active than you normally yeah. are. Yep. And is that just about habits, not actually just because bored? And, and then you think, is this how then kids become obese and all that sort of stuff? But honestly, the difference... And our spend for a shop is ridiculous. And it's think, a lot of crap as well. Do you think it's because, can you think about um, you're not going and buying lunch anymore? Yeah. For me, me and Shona at work, we, do, we didn't typically make a packed lunch of that. So we would just buy our lunches when we're working. Um, maybe most of the time the boys have a packed lunch, but some quite often Cole just have school dinners. Mm-hmm. Um so you're kind of saving quite a lot there, but yeah, we we've noticed we're spending a lot more. But you're also saving a lot of yeah, you're not, not spending out, money. you're not spending I know. money. I know. Um, it's, uh, and there's I, all these trips. Some of the bad stuff is like we co had an Amsterdam trip for football that was obviously cancelled. I think we can all write off any summer holidays we maybe yeah. have planned. Um, but you're going to save yeah. money on the on the back of that, I guess. Uh, absolutely. The thing yeah. is, I'm I'm thinking is that. Um, whilst right, I think you're right. Whilst right now is quite good, and it's and it's unusual having this downtime because it's forced and everyone's having to do it. So it's you know there is no everyone's just in the same boat. Um, but after a period of time, we'll start to get oh my god, I want to do go and do something. I want to yeah. go out and stuff because I think one of my you know bucket list things was to visit Japan got to do it last year if that had been booked for this year that would not happen that had been pushed forward who knows what's going to happen in the future if I hadn't taken my um, shared maternity leave thing that two yeah. months where me and Theo went and did so much stuff all outdoors yeah. I'd been able to do any of that so that would have been the yeah, I know. And, and that's so the thing, it's like... It's, having it's, done that, I kind of appreciate not having to yeah. do anything just now, but if I'd been in that situation yeah. this year, it would have been, oh, my God. This if you were getting married or, you know, your, your wife was about to have a kid. Totally. Uh, so I, I mean, Oliver that's... turns 10, you know, uh-huh. in, in May. Yep. And, think, and, and for us, it's always been like, you know, he's talked about this for a long time because he seems to think he's getting a phone, which he isn't. But, uh, you know, it's always been double figures and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, and, you know... Obviously, it's going to be the same in August, but it's like you think that there's no chance that he's going to go to a party, and that will just break his heart. But you hear yeah. this across the board: people having big birthdays, weddings, christenings, yeah. all these sort of things. It's yeah. just like it's a it's a strange time to be alive. It really, really is. Uh, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out. So I think we're almost at an hour and fifteen minutes. In the interest of our poor listeners. Oof. Yep. I think maybe we should try and conclude, maybe make some predictions for... Make some predictions. Let's make some predictions. That's a good one. Right. Um, also, I think we'll need to we'll need to be funnier next time. This was quite a serious... This felt like quite a serious one. I think I think that's appropriate because mm-hmm. it's a serious time. It's a serious topic, yeah. But I think and you know what? Some... If coronavirus takes us down, this will be our legacy. <laughs> That's true. That so we'll have. Is, is well, see, the, funny, the funny thing is, I've, uh, cause I've stopped posting YouTube videos at the moment and I need to get back. I'm actually thinking I need to I need to do them so that they're more um, valuable for people because I feel like I'm just indulging, <laughs> indulging myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, look at me going somewhere. 
Um, so, but I'm going to repost. But none of the cause my plan was to to kind of post stuff I'd done previously, like hey, go and do this. So here's a, here's a here's an idea for what you could do with the kids. You can't do any of that just now, so there's no point posting any of that. Um, but I think what, I'll, what I'm, I'm going to, I am going to start posting will be things like, okay, here's how I've managed to create some structure in this in this scenario. Yeah. This could help someone else. Or here's here's twenty things you could do uh, when you're locked up in the house. Or you know some some sort. I don't know. Loads of folk are doing that, but just because I, I I use it as a creative outlet, but I'm going to try and, and add value. But it didn't feel appropriate. Just to kind of point about humour, didn't feel appropriate to post. Um, yeah, pictures of you travel around uh-huh. the castle yeah, exactly, in Scotland. Exactly, you yeah, can't yeah, even get yeah, there. Yeah. And that, that's one thing I actually think about this for a second. Think how lucky we are to have a garden. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Can you imagine doing this and you were like the, in a flat? Who was the? I know this is going to take a. This is going to go back um, to be serious again. But who was the the BBC presenter? Um, just a couple of days ago, who basically said. The rhetoric is bullshit just now. This is not a leveller for people. Folk that are poor are poorer and are yeah. worse off. Yeah. Uh, whilst it's a leveller in that it affects everybody exactly the same, like so everybody can get it, no one's immune. There is people that are, it's going to be a, an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Uh, being stuck in the house, having you know family situations, all that, and you just think, as soon as you start thinking about some of the scenarios people are having to face right now. Well, this was, I mean, one of the things that upset Lynn when you know the schools closed and stuff was actually that you know she has a lot of kids that come to her school that that's the only structure they yeah. get, and in yeah. some cases it's yeah. the only kind of nutritious yeah. meal that they get every single day. One hundred percent. And you just think, actually, that you know, it's 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 horrendous. And uh, you you look at unemployment rate. Look at ten percent of the U.S. workforce is currently unemployed. I mean, this is the implications for the economy and actually the welfare of the people long term are probably as dangerous, perhaps even more so than the virus itself. It's a yeah, it's a unique time. Which is where I think the government are doing some of the right things. So so just putting these these packages together to help folk um, at whatever cost, it's just it has to be done. And it yeah. is kind of like wartime. Yeah. Um, and you can argue about the whole, you know, don't use wartime um, language because it's, you know, that's kind of... Uh, Weaponising it. Yeah. Weaponising and authoritarian regimes work and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But... Um, but, but basically just make doing whatever it takes to keep everybody as as, as on the straight and narrow as possible mm. is a good thing. And I think they have kind of stepped up to the plate in that. Time will tell if, it, if it's working. But exactly. It's That's the thing. No, no one knows what whether their strategy is the right one or not. Yep. And it'll be interesting to reflect on this in years to come. So, so we need to make, predict, first of all, we need to make a guarantee to our poor listeners that we'll try and find some humour. In the episode. So, but it this is Skype as well. It's yeah, not. It can't bounce it. <laughs> yeah, well, this is us setting the scene though. For you know, we're dealing with difficult circumstances and still yeah. trying to keep going. Yeah. But uh, yeah, predictions. Okay, so that's when's the lockdown going to end? I predict that the UK will be have the worst death rate in the whole Europe. Okay, that's my prediction. I think lockdown will last until. middle of May mm-hmm. 
Well, some form of restriction till the end of the year. And I think some form of restriction, yeah, until the end of the calendar year. Um, I've also looked at high hopes for a therapy. Yeah. Not vaccine. A vaccine will take a long time, but I think for I think that there's bound to be, as I said, there's all these clinical trials that are ongoing. We're involved in some of them, and actually that there's all these different treatments they use for various different things, and they're just trying lots of different combinations of things that might work. And there's bound to be something that's gonna that's gonna help a bit. Yeah. And if you manage to have that, so you can actually maybe have an, have a, a treatment that's maybe not. Maybe not can fix it, but can actually um, be effective enough so it reduces the mortality rate, mm-hmm. and at the same time develop this herd immunity by more people getting it over the course of the year, all working within the confines of our limit for the NHS. Yeah. Um, then we'll be fine. But you know what's amazing? Do you know what, what's amazing? I think more than anything else is the way that we can adapt so quickly. Mm-hmm. You see these like Nightingale Hospital being built in London, like yeah. uh, yeah. Wait, it's, it's wait. quite inspiring actually. It's, Where there's a will, there's definitely yeah. a way. And it's like, how do you how can we not be more like that? All the time. Yeah, all the time. I mean, we've totally turned our whole so I work, like I think I've said this before, I work for the blood transfusion service and our whole strategy has changed in a matter of weeks in terms mm-hmm. of stopping some services, redeploying some staff. Shelving some projects and basically redefining what we collect as a potential therapy for this treatment. Like, yep. in, and and we, and normally any kind of strategy or plan we have for anything yeah. takes forever. Yeah, it's totally. like Microsoft it's like Teams. Necessity. I said this uh-huh. to you, like Microsoft Teams. Like we've been talking about that in the NHS for years. We're going to get MS Teams. <laughs> we need to get more up to date, more agile. Yeah. And we're all like, yeah, we've got all these focus groups and they've had meetings after meetings about it. And then suddenly they went, ah. You all need to go work from home, split your workforce. It's it. live, yeah. use it. Yeah. And then we yeah. started using it. And then... Oh, I never realised... Here's about to restart. That's not good. Everyone... But, but the thing is, I think... So my prediction will be um, people are going to travel less generally. Not, not necessarily for holidays, but for work. People will yep. travel less. Um, people will start using the technology that's available to them more. Um like MS Teams and stuff, they'll not go back to that, which I think will be good. Um, I think and hope that people will be more um, mindful of their time and therefore will will, will properly prioritise stuff. Yeah. So people will be more um, willing to say no to things, that will be more willing to do what they want to do with the time that they have free mm-hmm. as opposed to just letting life kind of take them on that that would be good um i don't know if that's going to happen but it would be i think because this is so global and because everyone's put that and i think everyone will have felt generally um that that having some time in, unless you're in a really shitty scenario right but, but, but putting aside those 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 kind of cases um you yeah just just being being able to be more mindful i think hopefully yeah. that kind of catch on continues and i, and I think as that an extension to that i just i i again this is hope rather than belief but uh, i hope people think more about their impact on the planet and other species yeah. and yeah. really just this whole way of thinking that we said this last time I think was it last time we said this or was it recent conversations you know that 
planet will be fine. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's us. Mm. It's us, you know. And it goes back to a dinosaur chat. Well, actually, there's another fact check uh, to think about for next time. Is so, I someone had said that Venice, the um, the water in Venice was running clear. Yeah, this, dolphins were seen in Venice as well. Um, wow. Pollution levels are, Pollution are the levels lowest have ever been. Yeah. Um, smogs lifted. Yeah. The planet, the planet would recover so quickly from us. Yeah. It's interesting because this virus is obviously having a, a huge catastrophic effect on Homo sapiens. But yeah. actually, Homo sapiens are a virus on planet Earth. Yeah. So, and on that cheery note. <laughs> We really but, need to give Jesus. So, so sorry, we've been, a, we've been a bit deep today, folks. But I think we're all we're all quite reflective at this moment in time. But we do promise for next time we return, we will come back with a bit more a bit more humour. And uh, I think we need to think of a, another topic because we had loads of topics to, that we were thinking of covering before. So um, we should have a think about that. I don't yeah. think we should commit to any particular one um, right now. Uh, I was wanting to talk about vaccines at some point, I think, as well. Well, let's have a think. We'll come back, but we'll wrap this up for today. So, uh, yeah, well, be safe, everyone. And, uh, be safe, yeah. yeah. Next follow the advice. Follow the absolutely. Stay at home to save lives, and we'll, we'll see where we are next time that we... Uh, where we are uh, from a lockdown point of view, from a virus point of view, whether we're at the peak, whether we're not. Um, yeah, and be kind to each other. Be kind to each other. That's a lovely way of ending it. Well done, Neil. Yeah. Be kind. See okay. you later. Later, Cheers. folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.